Hey there, and welcome back to On Your Terms. This is your host, Sam Vanderweelen. So I'm a little nervous to talk to you about dupe culture because I'm kind of worried I'm going to get canceled for, for like dupes. I feel like my sister, I've been talking to my sister so much about like my dupe tirade and she's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not having this conversation with you. Like, don't take my dupes away. Um, or now she starts every conversation with like, I know you hate dupes, but I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm, I, I, you know, hear me out. We've got something to talk about when it comes to dupe culture. Okay. So dupes is like, you know, when you find out there's like Lululemon dupes, like the line leggings dupes, you know, everything that's like something. I think if you're a business owner, you've got to listen to this episode and we have to have a conversation about it because yeah, you'll see. So, okay. Here's the backstory. Since my mom died, I've been like knocked out of commission. And so I spent, I basically got my PhD in YouTube while I was having some downtime. Um, but I used that time, I mean, because I'm genuinely interested in like marketing stuff and business stuff. I get targeted with a lot of videos on YouTube that are from like, uh, you know, big publications that talk about marketing, big, big marketing stuff, not like marketing influencers. So I was getting, you know, targeted with all these videos about dupe culture. And one of them had referenced this article that had come out recently in the cut. So I'm going to link down below in the show notes to this article that I'm talking about from the cut. But basically the article from the cut was talking about like whether we've reached peak dupe culture, like whether is it over, did it have it's like heyday, all of this kind of stuff. I just find this topic around dupes super fascinating. So because for me, like as a business owner, when dupes started, and we're going to go through kind of like the history of some of this and how some of it turned out to be like, or some of it had like very good intentions and then some of it has like really gone awry. But as a business owner, a lot of what I see other business owners sharing and like some influencers have built their entire businesses off of this in terms of like sharing links to resources and making affiliate commissions is that, you know, I'm always a little shocked at like, don't you realize that what you're sharing is copycat products? But then we're all sitting here being like, oh, my gosh, this person copied me on Instagram or this person's starting my same course that I started and blah, blah, blah. Buy these dupe leggings. I'm like, wait, you're literally peddling copycat fraudulent products that, you know, you would be upset about in your business. And yes, I get it all day long. I'm like, Lululemon is not hurting. Right. I understand that's always like people's first argument. Unfortunately, first of all, besides the fact that that's not like a sound legal argument, like you can't just be like Target makes a lot of money. So that's why I shoplifted. Like that's just not it just life doesn't work that way. So that's one. Um, two is like if you respect if you're a business owner and you respect innovation, you know, trade secrets, intellectual property, and you want to be respected for it in your business, you have to respect it in other people's businesses, regardless of the size right? Because the size of someone's business doesn't mean that they have to be stolen from, right? So I think what makes like dupe culture so complicated is that it makes a lot of sense that we need more affordable options, you know, a lot of times when it comes to certain products, like certain products are just out of reach. Certain products are super like over overpriced, right? And it makes sense to me that there's an entire industry out of like, hey, here's a more affordable option. And at first, like, I think when dupe culture started, which I I learned in the cut article was just short for duplicate, which I, for some reason I never thought about, it was really meant to be more like the dupe was the alternative, right? It was really, really popular for things that had sold out, things that were no longer available. 
And I always like when I, I know when I started seeing dupe culture, when, if I can think back to like the earliest kind of dupe culture that I remember, it's when I was really little and I was obsessed with magazines. I like really, really loved magazines. My sidebar, my dream job back when I was little was to work for a magazine. I wanted to like work for Glamour or like Cosmopolitan or some magazine, health and fitness, whatever. It didn't matter. I was just obsessed with magazines. Um, and if you remember back in the day, and I probably still do this, but they there was always like a section of Us Weekly and stuff like that or people that showed you like an outfit that like somebody fancy would be wearing, right? Some celebrity had some really killer outfit. And then they would show you how to recreate the outfit using different products. That is like, to me, that's that's the earliest that I remember, obviously. I'm sure dupes go back way longer than this, but that's what I remember as being the earliest. And to me, that was kind of the like intention behind what dupe culture was meant to be because it was meant to be, here's a more affordable alternative, not a copy, not an illegal copy of somebody's product and know-how and IP and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when they would show you like the fancy outfit and they would show you like the celebrity was wearing $200 jeans, or I think when, when I was in high school, like $125, $150 jeans, like seven jeans were so expensive. And, um, you know, they would show you like, here's a, a pair of jeans from the Gap that looks so similar that you can get for a quarter of the price. It wasn't the Gap trying to make a pair of sevens look like sevens, but not and just be cheap, right? That that's not what it was. It was literally showing you how to get alternatives at a more affordable price. They were not identical copies of. It was just like getting a similar effect for a better price, right? And I feel like what started as honest recommendations for more affordable versions of products or alternative products that were, you know, maybe sold out or whatever, turned into and has turned into a cheap, mass-produced way to just copy people. And the dupes are bad. It's led to a lot of dupes are bad, right? I know like maybe if you, you're a dupe lover, you're listening to this and you're like, no, I got a dupe of a line leggings and they're just as good. That's awesome. And there are some, there are some out there that I've heard. And it's kind of funny though. It's like when you talk to people who are really into dupes, cause now this has become like a little passion project of mine. So when everybody gets on me about how I don't like dupes anymore, they're like, I'm like, okay, like tell me about some of the dupes that you bought. And it's like, well, you know, I wore them for a while, but then they weren't as good. Or I had to buy like three of them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or this one ripped or this one started to pill or, you know, I, it makes me like my sister was telling me about this pair of leggings, but they make like, they get kind of hot, you know, but they, the real material doesn't. And, you know, this kind of stuff. So there's always like, I feel like if you start to like poke behind the scenes of these things, it's not that it is literally exactly the same and just as good. Um, there are some things that people find. And again, I hate having this conversation because there's a difference between needing an affordable alternative and you want a certain product, you need some sort of functionality, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the the like willful promotion of copied products, stolen products, right? Stolen product ideas and designs and all this kind of stuff. When you're a business owner, I do think like, I just think that we owe some kind of responsibility. Like I just always feel like as a business owner, me and other business owners, whether it's the guy who owns Target or the woman who runs L'Oreal, you know, cosmetics or whatever it is, it's like we're in a club together. And I don't care that my business is a, a minuscule baby version of, of what they have. I feel like we're all in it together and I respect what they've put into it. 
and I respect what they have the right to. And I don't think it's cool. And I don't think it's funny to be like, oh, here's a fake knockoff product of this kind of stuff. Right. What's so what I found so interesting about some of the articles I dove into about dupe culture that I'll that I'll link to below in case you you too want to dive into it was that, you know, first of all, this idea, I, I kind of quickly mentioned this, but like about how much dupe culture has led to a lot of trash and waste. I found that really interesting. It was something I kind of suspected, um, but I wasn't sure until I read these articles that they were actually seeing proof that, you know, a lot of dupe culture is leading to, first of all, because they're mass producing stuff and then not selling necessarily all of the product, they're not moving all the product, but also because people are buying these things and you're just tearing through them quickly, right? And so, you know, dupes often overtake the originals. I found that really interesting. Like they'll often sell more of the dupes than the actual thing it's trying to replicate. And then there's waste, right? And I also thought it was really interesting about, about dupes that like knockoffs and counterfeits, which is like, you know, when, when I was in like high school or college or whatever, like I remember people get like knockoff Louis Vuittons, right? That sounds horrible. It's like a cheap, terrible. Now it's a dupe. Like now it, it just feels like it's like a marketing conversation and a marketing tactic where people have like taken something that if you told them it was a knockoff this or a counterfeit, <laughs> if you called your Lululemon a line leggings, counterfeit a line leggings, would it sound nearly as cool as if you said, hey, I got these dupe leggings, right? Because now it just sounds like you scored. Like it sounds like almost an accomplishment. I think people, people talk about them as if it's like, like my dad used to think he was like gaming the system when he like used coupons and stuff. He'd be like, you couldn't, you won't believe how much I got this for, you know? (laughs) And I thought it was so cute. And there's something about being in like the know and like getting a deal. Like you feel like you've stolen something and like gotten away with it in a good way. Right. And I feel like that's how people talk about it. Whereas if we talked about it as like, I got these knockoff leggings, doesn't sound nearly as cool, right? A lot of times too, with influencer culture, I find influencer culture so fascinating. But a lot of times too, with influencer culture, you see that they're pushing people to affiliate links, right? And so, you know, we we are, this is where I come in, I guess, with the legal side of things is like, for one, I think it's important that you know that when you share links to things or you you have some sort of responsibility, there is a legal responsibility there because you are endorsing something. So if you don't have the proper disclaimers in place and all of that, you are exposing yourself legally. But the second thing is that the FTC actually has rules. The Federal Trade Commission actually has rules around affiliate, you know, sharing, linking, endorsing products, recommending products. You're first of all, you're only allowed to share things you've actually tried. So I think that's always interesting. Two is that like if you tried these things and you didn't like it, but then you're on there saying that you did like it, that's a problem with the FTC. So sometimes what I see in influencer culture is that they they share about things and yes, maybe they've tried it, like they bought the dupe leggings or whatever, not to pick on leggings. I love leggings, but I'm just using it as an example because it's one of the most popular dupes that I know about. And, you know, they'll say like, yes, maybe they actually did buy the dupe leggings, but like they have the aligned leggings and they like them better. You know, they're not they don't actually think that these are as good. They don't think that they're that great. They don't think that they've held up or they don't start sharing when like, hey, after the third time I washed it, they disintegrated, (laughs) you know, Um, and so they don't tell people that that is a problem when it comes to the FTC. Right. So we do have a responsibility there. 
Yeah. And so when it comes to these affiliate links, I mean, besides the fact that we have a responsibility, not just like a moral responsibility, but also a legal responsibility, there are legitimate laws around this. I always feel like screaming that from the rooftops, like, hello, there are laws here. Um, but I also loved the story was in the um, one of the articles I'm going to link to below about this anthropology mirror that was like, apparently it's like $1,600 mirror. I mean, just very expensive mirror that a lot of people were pushing online. And so then they were pushing, well, they were saying that that was like the original and then they were pushing a lot of dupes to it. Some of the mirrors that some of the influencers ended up pushing people to buy because there's such an incentive to just like get people to click on your links and then whatever they end up buying from that company like now or for a certain period of time counts towards your affiliate commission. Some of the mirrors that they were linking to on there were one inch tall. <laughs> like then some didn't even have a frame. Like it was the entire point of this anthropology mirror that was overly priced at $1,600 probably. Um, it, it was like really big and had this insane um, frame, like this really beautiful, um, you know, kind of delicate frame. And so some of the ones that people were pushing people to were actually just one inch big. So what's my point? What the hell does this have to do with anything? I'm not anti-dupe culture. I'm not here to tell you, like, don't buy something that's more affordable or whatever. I mean, I'm kind of like, I try to be as much of an environmentalist as I can in my life anyway. So sometimes I just try to be like, do I even need that thing? I mean, I would love to have a whole consumerism, you know, conversation with you in general, because this is something I'm really passionate about and like something I see so much in our industry. But man, I would really get, get slammed for that one. But no, I'm just kidding. But I, I mean, I talk about this sometimes here and there, but it's just like in general, there's just this general push and like being on social media in general makes me feel like I have to buy, buy, buy more and more things. And it makes me feel like what I have is not enough. And it makes me feel like what I have is not good enough. And it also just brings like a lot of awareness. Like, you know how you don't even know about something until you're scrolling on social media. And then you're like, now I have to have this thing. But two minutes ago, you didn't know about it. And if you didn't have social media, you never would have bought it. So there's that. There's like that drive of consumerism, culture and capitalism, but also this like want, want, want. And I, I always say to Ryan that like, I can't describe it other than that. This tends to leave me in a feeling of like lurching. Like I just, I feel like, like, I don't know, the distance between where I am and like what I should be kind of reflected back to me on social media feels so uncomfortable. And I notice that when I take time and breaks away from social, I don't buy as much. I don't feel like I need as much. I'm really much more happy. Like I'm happier with what I've got already. Um, I'm more grounded. I spend more time in nature. So I recommend breaks and all that kind of stuff. But the reason I wanted to have the dupe conversation was because one, I do feel like as a business owner, we owe it to our our community to step back sometimes and realize that if we're participating in something that we wouldn't accept for our own businesses. And I do feel a responsibility to like call that out a little bit. I think the other, you know, reason, the second reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is also because there's a bit of like buyer beware. Like I want, I want you to know that and, and read through some of these resources that I'm linking to here that you know, sometimes there are bigger motivations behind people sharing things like influencer culture, like uh, affiliate culture, like the affiliate driving of the links and like, you know, that that they get credit for whatever else you buy from there. And sometimes, you know, for many days or months after you even click on the link. So it's just important to know and kind of remember that when we're looking at people pushing things um, online. So yeah, I I just this was like something I just kind of generally thought was a good good thing to open up the conversation about. Um, 
I'm also going to link below to one of these articles uh, is from CNN about how Lululemon recently held a dupe swap where people could bring in their dupe leggings in exchange for getting the real Align leggings because Lululemon felt so confident that if you turn in your dupe, first of all, it probably helps them legally. So I was like kind of giggling about this because I was thinking if they could collect the dupes and they could probably go after people to start learning like where are these dupes coming from? Where are they being manufactured? Like that kind of stuff. But also because they're they're using it as like a marketing campaign to show how different they actually are. Um, and that is not actually a quote unquote dupe. It's not, it's, it's, not as good, right? That's that's their position. You might have found a dupe. My sister swears that she has a dupe that is just as good. And now she's like afraid to even talk to me about it because I get on my high horse. But um I I and I just I'll I'll end it with this. It's just saying that I'm not trying to be on a high horse. I have purchased dupes in the past. Um it's something that then I I feel like I started to get more aware of and was like, wait a minute, what's the difference between this and somebody stealing my course? You know? Um, so I started paying attention more to that, but I have purchased dupes. I love people who purchase dupes. Like none of this is meant to, to insult anyone. It's more, I mean, this is what I love about having a podcast and having more long form content in general is that like, it it annoys me with social media that there's no time or space for nuance and context and living in the in-between and just having a conversation and saying like, I understand why you've had to buy dupes or you still have to buy dupes for certain things. I understand the desire to want those things because of how much they're being peddled to you too. I get that. Um, I've been there. I've clicked and bought stuff that I did not need because at midnight I saw an ad for it. And two seconds ago, I didn't know anything about it. And now I can't live without it. Right. I'm no different, no better. Um, but this is what I like about long form content so we can have these conversations and have more of those like, Oh, moments. Like I listen to podcasts all the time where I'm like, oh, that, that really opened my eyes to something that I hadn't really thought about before. So I hope maybe this sparked a little bit of an idea, or maybe you're like all in on dupe culture now and you're like, go screw yourself. Um, I'm buying all my dupes. So I don't know. I'm, I'm open. You don't have to agree with me. I'm open to talk about it. I just think it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm so excited to hear what your reflections are after listening to this episode. So, um, reach out to me on Instagram at Sam Vanderwielen. Share this episode with your friends um, if you think that they would find it interesting. And wherever you listen to this podcast, if you could please do me a favor and take two seconds to leave a quick review or rating, I would so appreciate it. With that, I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the On Your Terms podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at samvanderwielen.com slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your business and take my free legal workshop, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business at samvanderwielen.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at samvanderwielen and send me a DM to say hi. Just remember that although I am a attorney, I am not your attorney and I am not offering you legal advice in today's episode. This episode and all of my episodes are informational and educational only. It is not a substitute for seeking out your own advice from your own lawyer. And please keep in mind that I can't offer you legal advice. I don't ever offer any legal services, but I think I offer some pretty good information.